This is a podcast by the Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I am a senior correspondent at the Business Times. This series of podcasts, just based on my weekly column in the Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. We are barely a fortnight into 2021, and I'm already beginning to miss 2020. First of all, the COVID-19 vaccines were supposed to be the silver bullet that would end the pandemic that started last year. The vaccines are now a reality, and vaccination programs are at the early stages of being rolled out, including here in Singapore. But on the pandemic front line, it has not improved. On the contrary, new strains of the virus are being discovered. And questions are being raised about the efficacy of the vaccines that have been developed. On top of that, since the new year, countries around the world have introduced new curfews and lockdowns to contain rising rates of infections. Our neighbour Malaysia has not only imposed another lockdown but also declared a state of emergency. Separate from that, many market watchers were hoping, if not expecting. That political divisions in the U.S. would cool down after the presidential election in November, which Joe Biden won. Instead, tensions have mounted, and on January 6, a violent mob of Donald Trump supporters descended on the U.S. Capitol and caused deadly mayhem. President Trump has now been impeached for a second time. But don't get me wrong; despite the inauspicious start to 2021, I'm not entirely negative about the markets. I think it's going to be a tough year. But I don't think investors should stay on the sidelines. In this podcast, I will take a top-down look at the markets and offer some suggestions on where the opportunities and risks might lie in the months ahead. I will also provide some viewpoints on a blue-chip property company that has been making headlines over the last few months for all the wrong reasons. Let me begin with a confession. This time last year, before COVID-19 was on the radar of most investors. I was expressing anxiousness in my weekly column about the extended rally in big tech stocks like Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, which owns Google, and Facebook. These stocks had been on a tear for months, partly as a result of the U.S. Federal Reserve cutting interest rates over the course of 2019, and I was concerned at the beginning of 2020 that they were looking rather stretched. As it happened, these heavyweight tech stocks were exactly what investors needed to own as COVID-19 swept across the world last year. Their products and services, which were becoming ever more essential in our daily lives, were suddenly all the more indispensable as we isolated ourselves from one another. And as the Fed loosened monetary policy even more, these stocks went through the roof. Apple ended last year about 83% higher. Amazon was up about 74%. Microsoft up forty percent, Facebook up thirty-one percent, and Alphabet was up about twenty-nine percent. In fact, this handful of heavyweight stocks were the key reason the S and P five hundred index ended last year up nearly sixteen percent. The reason I'm bringing this up is, well, first of all, to admit that when it comes to stock recommendations, I'm no more precise than anyone else, but also because we are once more at a juncture when. These big tech stocks are looking rather tired. Yet it's worth remembering that COVID-19 is a potent and unpredictable driver of the market, and things can change very quickly. With that in mind, many analysts are expecting that the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines will spark a synchronous recovery 
in global economic activity this year. There also seems to be a consensus that governments around the world will do whatever it takes by way of fiscal and monetary policy to get their economies going again. In particular, in the US, despite all the political turmoil, with the Democrats now in office, there is increased optimism of more aggressive fiscal spending, which could be positive for the US economy. Against this backdrop, companies hammered by the COVID-19 curfews and lockdowns, such as airlines, hotels and retailers, are likely to perform very well, and possibly at the expense of the big tech stocks. Markets in this region are also likely to perform more strongly because of their sensitivity to global economic activity. This would include the Singapore market. In fact, the Straits Times Index has been gaining momentum over the last couple of months. The SDI ended 2020 about 12% below where it started the year. The S&P 500, loaded with big tech-oriented growth stocks, ended last year more than 16% up. During the last two months of 2020, however, the SDI rallied about 17%. By comparison, the S&P 500 climbed less than 15% over the same period. The SDI's momentum has since continued into 2021. Since the beginning of this year, the SDI is up 4.7%, while the S&P 500 is up only 1.4%. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to the BT Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. And now, back to my analysis and insights on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. One obvious risk for investors who choose to participate in this reflation trade is that the spread of COVID-19 is not contained quickly enough and investors begin running for cover. That might trigger a rotation back towards the big tech-oriented US stocks. Another more dangerous risk is inflation. One key assumption that many analysts are making is that central banks will allow inflation to run hot for a while before taking their foot off the pedal. This is different from forecasting that inflation will not rise. Instead, the expectation is that inflation will rise and that the rise will be tolerated. The big question is whether this results in a disruptive shift in inflation expectations in the market that eventually proves difficult for central banks to rein in. The consequences of this could be quite negative for financial assets in general, in my view. Closer to home, investors betting on the SDI should keep in mind that significant component stocks of the index have been suffering from structural weakness in their profitability, which will take more than a recovery in global economic activity to fix. In my previous podcast, I pointed out that Singtel generates less earnings today than it did a decade ago, while its balance sheet is significantly more leveraged. The company has also recently begun cutting its dividend. Singtel recently teamed up with Grab to develop one of Singapore's new digital banks, but it remains to be seen if this venture is any more successful than the other digital investments the telecoms giant has made over the years. But Singtel isn't the only SDI component suffering weak profitability. It might surprise some investors to know that Singapore's major homegrown property players, Capital Land and City Developments, have also performed poorly over the past decade. Over the 10-year period from the end of 2010 to the end of 2020, Shares in Capital Land delivered a total return of just 16.6% on a dividend reinvested basis. City Developments has delivered a total return of minus 24.9% during the same period. By comparison, the SDI delivered a total return of 25.4%. Now, of course, 
2020 was a tough year for the whole market, but capital land and city developments were also big relative underperformers during the 10-year period from the end of 2009 to the end of 2019, before the virus came along. Over that period, capital land and city developments delivered total returns of 16.2% and 11.1% respectively. The STI returned 54.3% during the same period. Over the last few months, the market has also come to learn that there have been some bitter internal divisions within the board of city developments. In October last year, the company stunned the market when it announced that Kwek Ling Pick had resigned from the board over city developments continuing financial support for Sincere Property Group, a Chinese property developer that it had recently acquired. Kwek Ling Pick was also concerned about the management of Millennium and Copton Hotels, its hotel arm that had recently been taken private. Kwekling Pick is a particularly distinguished board member of City Developments. He is a cousin of the company's chairman, Kwekling Bing, and an uncle of the company's CEO, Sherman Kwek. So his exit was big news. To make matters worse, two other non-executive directors of City Developments have since resigned, also citing concerns about Sincere Property Group among their reasons. Now, City Developments has moved quickly to try to put things right. It has recruited new board members. It has engaged an external financial advisor, Deloitte & Touche, to do a review of its investment in Sincere Property Group, which has since been completed. City Developments has also set up a special working group to improve the liquidity and profitability of the Chinese company. But investors are naturally going to be concerned about City Developments until it becomes clear exactly what it will do. Taking Millennium and Copton private and investing in Sincere Property Group were strategically sound moves. But the timing of these deals was unfortunate. Some hard decisions may have to be made going forward. So for investors, what is the point of all of this? Well, keep in mind that even as the local market benefits from the tailwind of a restart in global economic activity in 2021, a lot of the relative performance within the local market could come down to efforts at the corporate board level to make the right decisions and unlock value. That's it for this third episode of the Mark to Market podcast by The Business Times. You can follow my Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.